0: Welcome, everybody, to episode 94 of Door Tunes. Um, maybe, can we get to that 100 before the new year? So oh, anyway, we're back, uh, another, another show, and um, I've got a really interesting guest for me this week, and I'm going to get them to introduce themselves. There you go. Okay.
1: Well, hello, everybody. My name's Ben Emberly. I'm British composer, conductor and orchestral arranger i come from kent just outside of london i've been involved in classical music for well over 30 years and ever since uh, 2011 i've been very deeply involved in making arrangements and orchestrations of video game music and i balance the arranging work with my own compositions so I keep myself busy primarily with that and that's what I do on a freelance basis.
0: Awesome so Ben tell me a little bit about yourself how did you kind of decide Was it decided was it just something that you kind of wanted to do you went into your head you get to kind of where you are in relation to it? like a lot of, some people do like everybody does it differently but so some people may go this Classical, you know, go to, go to university and learn classics and do, you know, sound design or whatever. Some people just fall into it. So where did you fall on that? Well,
1: I think it was when I was about six or seven years old. Hmm. And I saw a little cartoon on uh, TV called High Note. It was all of these little tiny little... um with those little notes mm-hmm. um, reproducing the score of Strauss's Blue Danube. And I thought that was pretty cool. And that kind of got me into to music. And mm-hmm. uh, I started exploring the classical music of Beethoven and Mozart and Tchaikovsky. Um, I then started getting interested in classical music concerts. Mm-hmm. I started going to to local performances. Um, and as the years progressed, I developed my interests in classical music even more to the point where I actually started writing my own music while I was still in primary school. Oh, wow. um, I started taking lessons and I started um, writing sketches, but it wasn't until I started university, interestingly enough, I started with a, a Bachelor of Science in Mathematics. Okay, so slightly different. Last degree at the University of Kent at Canterbury, but I was already writing music uh, even in the first year of my uh, degree. So after I graduated, I decided I wanted to change course and focus on music. Now, it wasn't until 2011 Mm -hmm. that I saw the E3 Summit in. Los Angeles, which was the 25th anniversary of The Legend of Zelda. And uh, they, had, uh, they had a little orchestral uh, performance there, which Iman, who is a friend of mine, conducted. And that's how I got into video game music as uh, a concert format. And I thought that's one of the most amazing things in the world, because I grew up with video games all my life, just as I've done with uh, classical music. And um, two years later, I went to the Legend of Zelda Symphony of the Goddesses concert in uh, London. And I fell in love with it completely. And I thought, well, if this is the type of thing I want to do, uh, then this is the type of thing that I want to do. So I started working on how to write my own arrangements. Um, I use a program called Sibelius notation software where I can write my music in instead of just focusing on using uh, pen and paper so you you don't know what it sounds like when it's on pen and paper unless you've got a keyboard with you but if you can hear it in your head and if you can hear it on computer then it's very easy and very quick to do and uh, after I saw Symphony of the Goddesses for about the third time I thought you know I want to do this for a living this is my calling So I decided to write uh, an arrangement to show the the producers what I could do. And it took me 15 months, but I finally finished my first arrangement. and It was a 55-minute long symphonic poem called The Creation of Hyrule, which uh, I performed parts of it at, at MAGFest in 2020. I also uploaded it to YouTube the following year. It's uh, still on YouTube, I think. And after I showed bits of this to the producers, they said, "Would you can you write a piece of music for the Symphony of the Goddesses concert? And I thought that's my golden opportunity. And, and I immediately jumped at the chance. And I've been working on uh, uh, video game arrangements ever since. Mm-hmm. And I do that pretty much day to day now, in addition to my own compositions.
0: And do you think that you would do the jump from kind of, doing the live shows to doing games
1: game itself? I think the idea of live
0: shows is a great
1: idea because it brings video game music to an audience that otherwise might not have been uh, aware of its existence. That's why it's becoming more popular on Classic FM now. Mm-hmm. Um, but composing for video game music scores. I would have no problems with that. I mean, you get to write your own individual music as opposed to mm-hmm. reimagining or developing other people's music. And I think that there's more creative freedom in doing that because you can bring the sounds in your head out onto paper. That would really highlight the uh, the emotional impact of, of the
0: gameplay. Hmm. It must have been really special for you, though, for, for everything to start with. The Zelda series, um, and then then you've seen the concert three times, and then you actually get asked to propose for it. Yes, I've, I actually saw it a total of
1: seven times. The only time oh. I didn't see it was in twenty twelve <laughs> when it first came to the UK, and that's because I wasn't aware it, that that it had come. If it if it had, I would have definitely been there. But um, yes, that was one of the best things that um. Ever happened to me, and uh, I remember how upset and uh, devastated people were in early 2018 when it was announced that um, uh, it's not performing anymore. And uh, I was deeply upset about that because it was one of the big
0: inspirations for me. As you say, you know, live music now, particularly for around video game music, is massive. You know. it's extremely
1: massive there's always something new coming um round the corner yeah uh, a new concert series that somebody's creating or a, a, a new um subgenre of uh, i don't know final fantasy music or sonic music or pokemon music which seems to be the in addition to zelda the the really big um franchises that are um being uh, touted as the uh the, the most popular video game music scores and the public just eat it up.
0: Uh, <laughs> sorry. just so everybody knows Ben is officially the first guest on the show in 94 episodes He was COVID. And today is the first day he's been able to get out of bed in since what Monday? So yeah. <laughs> yes. Please excuse it. <laughs> I'm I'm operating purely on lemon sip and honey at the moment. <laughs> I'm like you. You said before we started recording that this is your first time with COVID. I'm like you in that respect. I'm in touch wood. I've never had it so far. You know, my friend thinks I'm ground zero. <laughs> I've been out, you know, a lot of people and absolutely fine. I did think I had a Christmas before last, um, but I didn't know I was testing every day and it was fine. But, yeah. I know. But yeah, it's it's a proper floor, has not
1: it? It's a complete stamina sapper. <laughs> just maybe in, try and enjoy the rest. <laughs> oh, I am. I mean, I've spent most of, I've spent about 80%, 90% of the last three days just on my bed. Thank you. That's all I've been doing, just drinking hot lemon, sip and honey.
2: Yeah.
1: Trying to keep a clear head. Yeah. That's all I've been doing.
0: <laughs> so, you mentioned to me that you're a game. Is there any particular game series? Oh, yes. Well,
1: I've been a, a, a Nintendo fan primarily for my whole life. I mean, I've got NES, the Snares, the 64, the GameCube, the Wii, the Wii U, and mm-hmm. Switch. I've got them all. I still have some of the old ones. Mm-hmm. Game Boy, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I've never owned a a Sega or a Commodore or an Atari or anything like that. I play a few PC um, video games. Uh, Unreal Tournament 99 is um, my number one favorite. And even though it's nearly half a quarter of a century old, uh, I still play it almost on a daily basis. But some of the older retro games um, that you can play now on, on the Wii or on the Switch, um things like the, the original super mario brothers or mega man mm-hmm. I, I still play those uh, very frequently and i still have a genuine love for them some of the newer games i think they're okay but some of the golden oldies especially ocarina of time uh you you, you can't beat you can't beat them or mario 64 yeah. you you just can't beat those games because they're so iconic and so special
0: i think would hold a kind of reverence to say to games like that. Definitely, and you know, for me, when you say the, the title's na- name, um, you can, you can hear it in your head. You can hear the music in your head. You can hear Mario music, Sonic music. You know, you name it, you can hear it. Uh, I, I think that's a real testament to composers from. from yes, that. Koji Kondo, Kenta Nagata
1: and Hachime Wakai Toru Minigishi have all written some of the most iconic video game music that there is out there. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course I'd be very amiss if I didn't mention the great Nobuo Uematsu, Mm -hmm. uh, the man who wrote all the music to uh, Final Fantasy, uh, absolutely priceless and timeless. That everybody
0: would recognize. Yeah. I'm going to be brutally honest. Um, if I hear one winged angel once more, I'm going to scream. Quite frankly. I don't you like you like it then, do you? <laughs> it's not my favourite, I have
1: to admit. Oh, you're you're not a fan of it?
0: No, I just I, I think there's a I'm it's not that I'm not a fan of it, you know, it is good, but there's a lot of other stuff out there, you know. Why I don't understand why almost every kind of live show there's always a one-winged angel or a version of it or a snippet of it. It's like yeah, I get it, but you know,
1: very Stravinsky.
0: I'm
1: pretty sure mm-hmm. that the way Matsu have been listening to Stravinsky's Rite of Spring when uh-huh. he when he when he was writing it because it's got that feel to it.
0: Mm. Definitely. And are there any kind of, I know we are talking to you were a gamer, but are there any kind of soundtracks over the years that you've really, really been impressed by? Yes. Um, Ocarina
1: of Time, definitely. Twilight, uh, Twilight Princess and uh, Skyward Sword from the Legend of Zelda, definitely. Um, Super Mario World was one of my all-time favourites. Mario 64, definitely. And some of the Mario Party franchise games, especially five and six I'm I appreciate really sure And uh and uh, Mario Galaxy, the first Mario Galaxy. Yeah, that was uh 2007 I think. Dusty Guidance all those
0: ones.
1: I really uh found that music quite appealing.
0: Yeah. I mean Gusty Guidance is iconic and a classic.
1: It is.
2: Yeah,
1: we love those. So Another piece that I do have a very genuine attachment to is the uh the opera scene from Final Fantasy VI. Why is that? Because I'm a classical musician and what they do is that they combine classical music with video game music. Mm -hmm. So you have a piece of classical music in a video game and it's one of the most popular pieces in the entire um, collection of, of, of Final Fantasy soundtracks. Oh wow. It's a real staple for the distant worlds concerts yeah. and um, any concert series that specialises in only Final fencing music. They have professional singers come along and uh,
0: perform. Yeah. It's wonderful. Do you find when you've got when you've been invited for to have a piece in a concert? Um, do you generally are you generally there when it's been played? Or? I always do my best to go
1: if I can. Yeah. Because I love to hear how the orchestra interprets and plays it and how the conductor interprets and plays it as well. I find that very interesting. Yeah. Because I have my own ideas as to how the music should sound and why it should sound that way. But when somebody else looks at the score, they may have their own ideas.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And it must be really special to be able to sit there and go, (laughs) It was, especially when I first went to... uh, Symphony of the Goddesses in 2017 and they heard the piece and I heard for the first time the piece that I I co-wrote that was um, more than special yeah and when you see your name come up from the credits at the end you, you, you just get that massive euphoria and you think I did that yeah yeah I will I definitely agree it's something that's
0: really special you know, um, I worked on a game a few years ago and just a music consultant on it. um, And it's really nice. But it was really nice to be able to see at the end, you know, my name come up in a little list. <laughs> I think the world needs definitely more music consultants. So, It's a, it's a fabulous feeling. Yeah, it is. You know, and it, it's a difficult job because... I had to spend the time getting to know the characters and getting to know the story and kind of finding out where it all fit together sonically, you know? Yes. And, and that, that, for me, was the really interesting part, you know, because you're basically... You're making how the, that game's going to sound, you know? You're the little seed at the beginning, and then it goes out like that, you know? It's really, really interesting. I ended up... It um, is. Kevin Penkin ended up scoring it. I don't know if you know Kevin, but he is incredible. You know, he did a game called Florence that was nominated for a BAFTA. Um, he's working on loads of stuff for Netflix. You know, he's phenomenal and a really, really nice chap. Nice, yeah.
2: Um,
1: yeah. I met him. The thing about the video game soundtrack is that it's just as instrumental to the experience as mm-hmm. the. Or the gameplay yeah, I absolutely. that a huge amount of people really appreciate it. Some people look at it as a kind of um, ornamentation to the gameplay to spice it up, but it's just as important as as the gameplay itself.
0: Yeah, it completely, be. I agree. You know, and there's some games that you, you would never consider, sonically, to be different. If they hadn't have the center, they do, you know, I would obviously like do the Doom games, you know, Journey, you know, so many games that are absolutely iconic. Journey is in the, is absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really, really special. I'll show you something later by the way. Okay. <laughs> oh, and do you um how do you kind of approach your work when you're working on uh
2: Um,
1: If I'm approaching an an, an orchestration, an arrangement of video game piece, what I think to myself is, what can I do to this piece of music that hasn't already been done? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, Can I put a a twist on it? Can I put a, can I give it an atmosphere that people haven't? Um, one of the first pieces that I wrote was called the Marine Waltz, which is the underwater music from Super Mario Land and Super Mario World, and I think that's got about thirty-three plus thousand views on YouTube. Wow. Because what I did, I took those two melodies, and I basically turned it into a, a Viennese Strauss Waltz, and people absolutely loved that
2: mm-hmm.
1: i did a few different um other other pieces
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: other arrangements with the same idea i i did the uh the comet observatory from super mario galaxy and i and i gave that the same uh treatment and mm-hmm. that was also incredibly popular as well so if you come up with something new then i'm certain that uh, people are really going to like that um, the novelty of the the concept of how you altered the music Mm -hmm. especially if you take just a short piece and you extend it or or add filler or your own ideas to it to really beef it up uh, which is what i did with the bolero fire arrangement from ocarina of time Um, I also added uh, Sheik's theme into that as well, halfway through, because I thought it would make a a, a nice contrasting uh, middle section, nice more meditative internal middle section, as opposed to the fiery um, uh, force of of the actual Bolero itself. Um, I then consider how I'm going to structure the piece, um, what orchestration I'm going to use, some of it or most of it requires a full orchestra some of it requires a choir Um, it it depends on the atmosphere of the piece and uh, what i think would be needed to um, really bring out the character of the piece because every piece pretty much has a character to it Um, and i then set about to to writing it for a full orchestra sometimes i come up with about three or four different ways of writing a a section and i choose one over the other and um, i I go with that i've done that many times sometimes i've even written a piece out for double piano um, just a a simple reduction and then i orchestrate that
2: Mm
1: -hmm. that's another way that i do things and then at the end i just fine-tune some of the pieces in terms of the orchestration. And then I add all the attacks and the uh, the, the notations and uh, phrasing, et cetera, at, at, only at the very end. So everybody can see where all the melodies begin and end and how everything should be played. And then after that, what I do is that I put it through a sample set called Note Performer and then give it a little bit an audio tweak in Audacity and there you have the uh, the audio of the
0: music and um, one thing I was going to ask you is do you ever worry about the reception it's going to receive when it is played live I don't really because um,
1: I've had a few pieces performed by me and every time I've had a piece performed the um the response has always always been positive because uh, i i always kept the impression that people enjoy the music that I, I i write um i mean i think in a few years i've managed to amass just over one thousand subscribers on youtube mm-hmm. So I'm I'm on the way there. I mean, there's people who've got hundreds more, but um, it's uh, it's a long road. Yeah, it's it's a well road the but um, it, it it got to the point where one person I think actually took one of my arrangements and tried to pass it off as their own, and they got absolutely ripped apart on YouTube, and they <laughs> had to delete that video. So I think if somebody's doing that, uh, yeah. then you know that you're. you're is of a good quality
0: yeah if definitely if somebody's doing that or they're kind of feeling your ideas and stuff like that then it, yeah definitely <laughs> yeah, that one. um and so what's next what's next for you then ben next for me um to be honest with you, I'm not
1: overly sure. I'm just continuing working on um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: the musical projects and plans that I have. The only problem, of course, now is is uh, building the audience mm-hmm. and um, finding the audience that likes the the, the music that I write. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, for me, is probably been the hardest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean. People aren't going to come to you. They've got to know that you exist and that your music exists. And it's what people want to see. I mean, that's how so many YouTubers have started out. And their channels have absolutely erupted
2: mm-hmm.
1: to the point where people like, I don't know, Markiplier and Jacksepticeye, they've got uh, view uh, subscribers in the millions now, mm-hmm. 20 to 30 million plus and there's uh, arrangers out there and uh, people who do what I do, and they've got hundreds of thousands of subscribers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they are evidently must be doing something right. Um, obviously, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> if I knew it, what it was, I would have. I would be there myself. But all I can do is just con- con- continue putting up um, music of my own, mm-hmm. uh, the arrangements that I do in the hope that um, you know people will like what they hear. I mean mm-hmm. if I could use crowdfunders to create albums of mm-hmm. the music that I've written, I think that would be a great idea. But I've I still have... got to find an audience who'd be willing to back me.
0: Yeah. Well That's I mean over a thousand subscribers on YouTube, so there is definitely an audience. know, yeah. <laughs> We're all here. Um that must—that was something else I was going to say to you. That must be really nice when you actually do attend to hear your music being played live, people reacting to it, you know, and clapping. And... It's one of the most
1: um, euphoric sensations I've ever experienced. <laughs> I mean, when when, when the, uh, the the audience applauded at Symphony of the Goddesses and when they applauded when I performed part of the creation of Hyrule at MAGFest in 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, the audience at MAGFest were on their feet and I was absolutely thrilled at that.
0: Some nice memories. Yes, that's also
1: on YouTube. It's on my YouTube channel. No, not on my YouTube channel, a channel called uh, Game of Symphony Orchestra Dreams. Run by a very good friend of mine, Michelle um, uh, Michelle Eng, who does a lot of work in the United States, helping create video game orchestras. She is uh, more than worth her weight in gold.
0: <laughs> it's something that I'd love to be able to go to do more, but I think um, the north of England is very very uh, sparse when it comes to um, gigs, apart from Manchester, you know. Manchester gets everything. Um, Leeds and Liverpool, anywhere else doesn't get doesn't get a lot. I think I've only ever seen one here, and that was quite a few years ago.
1: Yes, there, there, there's not many. There used to be a video game orchestra in Manchester. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, I think or was it Wales? Um, but I, I can't remember precisely. Mm -hmm. But that that orchestra, unfortunately, has uh, gone defunct, sadly. Mm -hmm. They weren't able to sustain it. There's also the um, video game orchestra of Ireland, which is run by a good friend of mine called Robert Martin. Mm -hmm. And uh, some of his uh, stuff that uh, he does with them
0: is uh, fantastic. And that I didn't know about in Ireland. That would have been cool many years ago. When I was there,
1: yes, they're are a good bunch. They're a very good bunch. But um, in in the United States, there's quite a fair amount, yeah, especially in areas like Baltimore yeah. and um, Maryland. That that's that that area near near Washington DC. California is also a really good place. Um, Good friend of mine, Jose Ruiz, runs um, uh, uh, the GME orchestra Mm -hmm. in um, the University of California at, uh, I think it's Berkeley, Berkeley, California, I think, I'm not sure precisely where, but he's involved with them, and also the virtual video game orchestra as well, which is an online one. Um, Yes. They are all absolutely fantastic, and I've... I've written pieces for both of those orchestras. Um, I think one concert that Jose did, he performed three pieces of mine, and um, and that was on a, a video as well, which is on YouTube, and that concert lasted nearly three hours. It was an absolute marathon, and the audience just went crazy
0: at the end. Wow, I can imagine. Well, it's been a real pleasure speaking to you today. And I'm- Sorry that you've got COVID, but I appreciate that you still continue to come on the show. So that's awesome. Oh yes. <laughs> so hopefully not, you'll start I'm feeling better. To come on show. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully you'll start to feel better over the weekend, you know, so you can enjoy yeah, yourself a little. You know. Um I'll, I'll try to enjoy myself. <laughs> yeah. Test negative soon. <laughs> I hope so too. <laughs> well, thank you very much. It was a real pleasure. Well, Thanks for that. That's having all me. folks. Take now. care.